KYW Original Podcasts. I'm Paul Kurtz with John McDevitt, and we are the Beer and Booze Bros. So we just kegged this beer this morning. Fresh pale ale, dry hopped and unfiltered. Uh, I, I dropped an onion from my sandwich into my glass, and it's freaking delicious. You might want to go with the onion next time. On today's episode, real news. How about that? A huge craft beer merger. Dogfish Head and Boston Brewing join forces. So what does it mean for them and the industry? Is my favorite beer going to change? That's a great question. What else we got, Johnny? Tales from the Strange. The Strange. This one is so bizarre and hilarious. We'll give you a primer on how to become a statue. Steel? Or, or concrete. concrete. Hmm. Of course you'll be the day first. It's the strangest gathering I've ever had a cover. We also talk to and drink with women who brew in the Philadelphia area. Yep, they got together and held a big beer festival. Bold Bubbles is Free Will's Pink Boots collaboration beer. Bold Bubbles next fall. Yes. Bold Bubbles. It's a root IPA <laughs> with dragon fruit. It's Hannah's recipe. And finally, the return of a Philadelphia tradition. Parks on tap. We go to the kickoff and talk to the head brewer who made a beer exclusively for the Traveling Beer Garden. I'm really excited about a beer that tastes like beer. Our latest episode starts now. John, John. Yes, our world got rocked. Yeah, it did. Two giants of the craft beer industry, Dogfish Head and Boston Brewing, merged. Big news in the beer industry this morning. Delaware's Dogfish Head Brewery announced it is merging with the Boston Beer Company, the makers of Sam Adams. This is breaking news. So we're going to head over to... uh, our resident beer expert, KYW's yeah, Paul Kurtz. <laughs> beer editor, yeah. Yeah. So what, That's what's... That's by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's this mean, uh, Paul, for the beer industry? This is big news. Still trying to wrap our head around it. Yeah. Uh, boy, oh boy. But it is a thunderbolt. A $300 million deal that no one really saw coming. So what does it mean for the industry? All right. We spoke to a guy. We spoke to a guy who is a giant in his own right. Uh, in the industry, has his own experience in merging. Bill Kowaleski, co-founder of Victory, joins us. Uh, Victory merged with Southern Tier three years ago. Well, we first like to get your your, your overall broad thoughts on on this uh, this merger. I, I suspect you knew this was coming because you're friends with these guys. Yeah, you know, I've got a great relationship with both uh, both organizations, both gentlemen leading the companies, but um, I didn't smell this one coming, and it really probably wouldn't have been appropriate for us to have a conversation about it prior to the announcement. So I think everything unfolded exactly as it should have. This uh, kind of happened to you. Uh, can you kind of just sum that up for us and our, our listeners of, of uh, the similarities? Yeah, I think that, you know, the perspective of it happened to us is is entering into the conversation from the wrong perspective. Um, to my mind, what Sam Calgione and Jim Cook did was they took a look through the windshield of the facts and figures in the future and decided that they were stronger together, which is exactly what 
we did with Southern Tier Brewing Company. So it wasn't something that happened to us. It was something that Ron and I and Finn and Sarah at Southern Tier worked very diligently and methodically to make happen because we saw a brighter future for our employees and our fans if we uh, restructured our organization to be more in step with the coming demands of the craft beer industry. How has the merger worked for you guys if you're three years in? Yeah, we're three years in, and and it's a real big, happy family. Um, We've made great investments in people um, and product, of course. Uh, We've got incredible intelligence now by coming together and uh, building uh, our staffing. And we've added to the portfolio by bringing our friends from the Six Point Brewery in in November of last year. So it's been three very active years of integration. And again, we came together because we did have respect that um, the other parties would bring knowledge and capabilities that a solo company alone uh, didn't have internally. Is this also a way of uh, staving off cores and AB InBev? Well, it is. Um, You know, that's a... that's a proper perspective on it, Paul. But I guess the other way to look at it is, you know, the craft beer fishbowl has been very collegial and um, helpful to one another. And that's gone on for many, many years. But when the world's largest breweries start purchasing um, craft breweries, Anheuser-Busch InBev has 11 now. Um, Heineken owns Lagunitas outright and is acquiring others uh, across across the globe. Um, when your little fishbowl has a few really well-resourced sharks, literally, in the tank, it's wise to rethink what the future is going to look like in that hyper-competitive uh, market. When you look back at you know what's occurred in craft beer, or beer in general, in the period from 2005 to 2015, um, craft beer sales increased by over 15 million barrels. So that's a 12-plus percent you know, annual increase over that time period. Whereas mainstream beer, the world's largest breweries represented there, lost 20 million barrels of beer. So these are companies that are intelligent and accustomed to winning. And when they saw that craft beer was something, was a genie that wasn't going back into the bottle, they responded quite aggressively. And the ownership of what I like to call formerly legitimate craft brewers is, um, is is their strategy and breweries who do want to remain independent and provide delicious products and great livelihoods for their employees really need to build new platforms and partnerships that uh, are supportive of of independence do you think the consolidation will become a, a, a trend or is it a thing that many independents will have to do that's a great question i think by scale um i do see the a predictability for certain breweries to want to find partners. Um, if you're very small and you're serving a local market and that's your business model, that business model isn't really threatened by the world's largest brewers. If you're sort of in the middle range and you're supporting markets in multiple states, that model is definitely more threatened by the world's largest brewers. You know, I, I don't see bloodshed. I don't see a bubble bursting. What I see is essentially a a pint glass that's already full to the brim and it's trying to fit more beer in it with new brewery openings. And to me, that looks a little bit like 
a waste of effort, a waste of resources, a waste of good product. So I do see a challenging period ahead where growing consumers obviously remains extremely important for all of us in craft beer and growing breweries and additional capacity. We've got a lot of that already. I, I, you kind of touched on the you know the business uh, aspect of it, but uh, uh, when it comes down to your consumer, to your fans, I guess they really want to know, is my favorite beer going to change? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, let me take it from a different perspective, though. The consumer is in a wonderful position because this renaissance of craft beer continues to deliver new flavors, new breweries. So, I mean, it's never been better to be a craft beer fan. And I think we all enjoy and appreciate that, even those of us who are also producers. That being said, you know, the consumer does have a reason, reason to worry about the qualities of beers from venerable breweries that they love if that brewery go, undergoes a tremendous transformation, you know, ownership from a different company. So those are concerns that are legitimate, but I don't have a deck of cards to tell you how that unfolds. Yeah, it's really awesome to hear, you know, your perspective. But I guess what likely will happen uh, with the next step? I know you're not a part of it, but what likely happens next? They announce a merger, then how long until it happens and what will we really see? Uh, specific to Dogfish Head yeah, and yeah. Boston Beer Company, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not in the best position to answer that because I'm not on the inside of it. Dogfish becomes wholly owned by Boston Beer, as I understand it. But you know, there's independent physical locations that will continue to produce beer. The character of of Dogfish Head Beer is you know part and parcel of Milton, Delaware, right? And the wonderful breweries that Boston Beer operates here in Pennsylvania, uh, Boston, and also in Cincinnati. The identity and DNA of those beers are there. So there is um, a terroir to brewing, and I don't see um, anything dramatic happening to the products themselves. How about uh, you guys? I I didn't know you picked up Six Point. Six Point, will you continue looking or waiting for opportunities and continue to expand? Uh, you know, we're very comfortable with that portfolio of breweries because we all get along really well. We have a v- same vision for the future. Um, so we're not hungry. We're not looking for other breweries. But uh, suffice to say, the, the inbound inquiries to our organization have really ramped up over the last two years. People would like to join. Correct. Yes. Because, you know, our model really does allow the independence of uh, the original breweries. And it fosters that. So it's, um, it's a safe harbor, so to speak, for breweries rather than perhaps be acquired by a larger brewery that they may not agree with. Right. I think that's it. Yeah, well, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time and uh, uh, your insight welcome. here. Well, you're welcome. I mean, you know, it's we're again, we're craft beer fans. Some of us are craft beer producers. Um, beer has always sort of been the perfect, for me, balance of both science and art. Um But when you look at it as science and art, you realize that it's also sort of creativity and business. And uh, I think that, you know, your inquiry here is a great one regarding the business side of it. Um, Fans of beer don't often like to think about what happens in the offices, but what happens in the offices is supportive of beer. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. Interesting stuff. And thank you. Beer Week's coming up. You excited? Yeah, Bill. 
Very much so. <laughs> we do it well here in Philly. Okay, John, how do we explain a steel furnace party to people? I don't even think the people attending this party were exactly sure as to why they were there. Right. They didn't know what they were going to get uh, because there was this big mystery that went on for uh, a couple months. It started in February uh, when someone began leafleting the area, uh, sticking you know letters under people's doors, and then it uh, kind of went viral. It was really bizarre. Yeah, this was in the the brewery town area mostly, which uh, people couldn't just they they couldn't figure it out. But the letter said that um, you would die from all the meat you've eaten since you were in first grade. Unless... Well, unless you stepped into a steel furnace, of course. And of fuse your body with metal, basically turning yourself into a statue. But there was another option. There was a, a, a concrete option that you could uh, encase yourself and become uh, a concrete statue. And, oh, well, at the end of the letter. It wasn't signed, but at the end it said, do attend. And it became hashtag do attend, and, and a buzz began on social media from February, March, through the end of April. And then, of course, you and I had to go up there. We had to. We had to. Because we heard there was a do attend beer created. A place called um, uh, uh, Crime, Crime and, and Punishment. punishment. Uh, Microbrewers right across the street came up with a beautiful double IPA. Yeah, it was a beautiful day, too. And, beautiful and day. There were people lined up, and uh, there was it was hard to get into. So let's start this thing with uh, when you got up there, and then and then I joined you, and, and we'll get to the uh, the beer connection right after that. Yeah. The only way I see for you to save yourself from the every which away of being burned alive that's scheduled is to become a solid steel statue by placing yourself under anesthesia and mixing your body with melted metal, then re-solidifying the metal or seal yourself as cement. What is needed is a steel furnace where metal can be melted and the bodies of people and animals mixed with the metal to become steel, unable to be heard. Of course, you'll be sedated first! Woo! What we need is a bulldozer to dig some ditches and steal furnace equipment to be working! We're all here trying to figure out what this all is. Few theories, yeah. right? So one, this is a marketing thing. Try Furnace Budweiser, the new Furnace movie. I hope it's not, but possibly that. Um, second, it's a real crazy person, like real crazy, like real crazy crazy. And he probably forgot that he handed out the flyers and he might not ever show up and has no idea what's going on either. But you guys said what is crazy. I think the reason it's become so popular is just like a, it's a big celebration of like 21st century millennial meme culture and like, like, you know, let's might as well, on you know, purpose. have some fun. On no, what it's become, what it's become, right, you know? Okay. It's the strangest gathering I've ever had a cover. You know, there are people in costume here. There there were bulldozers, there was a DJ. Mm -hmm. There's this one group was like dancing around a little matchbox of a bulldozer. So it was like pretty festive and it's just everybody had their own 
philosophy or idea of what this was all about and who the author who the of this letter was the author eventually turned up or claiming to be the author yeah it was, and, uh, an older gentleman lived in the neighborhood <laughs> even Amazing. with this, him surfacing I don't know how much sense it really all, all makes anyway but it was one good excuse for a great party yes hi everybody hi Hello. so what brought you here as if I didn't know well, uh, there's this amazing event going on right over at the lot on 27th and Girard. Um, everybody in the area got a little message telling them to attend a meeting to build a steel furnace uh, in order to, um, you know, get rid of all the dead animals that are still living inside us from everything we've eaten since first grade. And we just thought it seemed like a really good idea, really nice fresh start, you know, we're, we're two almost college graduates ready to move on in the world, and it's a really great first step to just put ourselves, mix ourselves in a molten steel, I think. <laughs> and become a statue. And, and become, become a statue, statue. yeah. Right, right. So, so at the end of the letter, entitled ABBA, what was at the end said, uh, do attend. Do attend. And yeah, Paul, that, there's your segue. Well, do attend. I'm looking at two do attends here. These are two tall, juicy-looking, almost like grapefruit, uh, hazy uh, IPAs. And this is, uh, we're at Crime and Punishment, which brewed the uh, do attend Double IPA. Yeah. It's a jalapeno double IPA. Correct. It is. Yeah. How is so does it make you like molten lava? It's, it feels very spicy. Yeah. Like when you first take a, a sip of it, you're not expecting it, and it like hits you. Uh, but after you start drinking it for a while, it, you, your mouth sort of gets used to the, the spiciness flavor. Is it killing the animals inside you? Honestly, I hope so. I'm. I've eaten enough animals throughout my life. I'm ready for them to not be inside me alive anymore. <laughs> How about you, sir? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope the same thing. Uh, I, I'm really worried that they're carried around inside me for my whole life. <laughs> well, alcohol, alcohol will uh, some puppies. Uh, alcohol will kind of cure uh, uh, cures a lot of things. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a really good beer. It's like it's, you feel that bite of the jalapeno, but there's like a nice like sort of citrusy like juiciness that comes through. It's really good. What a beautiful day, too. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. What a great day for a party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like a light breeze going on. It's sunny out. There's like not a cloud in the sky. And all these random people have come together to celebrate... Just a letter. Life. <laughs> Just a letter. People made t-shirts. There's like handmade signs all over. It's really fun. They, yeah, they posted up signs uh, like a like a two two by three foot like full scale letter on like attached to a fence that's at the lot that you can go up and read. It, yeah, it really, actually, everybody read it together. Yeah, we did, uh, we did. Okay, yeah, I was in the middle there too. It really feels like uh, the Philadelphia spirit to just come together over some like random weirdness that got popped in your mailbox. Only in Philly. <laughs> Only in Philly. Yeah. yeah. There's a line out the door here to get that beer. How long did you wait? Not not long. We got in like right before the line okay. formed, so didn't wait too long. Do attend. Yeah, cashing in today, aren't you? Do attend. What a great idea. Maybe they're behind the letter. I don't know. That would be a great marketing strategy. Yes, she, she, she said the same thing. She was like, this was just a boy to get beer snobs together. <laughs> Here's the beer snobs. Cheers. 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 Love City. Yeah, the scene of the crime. We were here when uh, the uh, Pink Boots were, were brewing their beer, and the <laughs> beer is here. We, we were busy that day. We were doing radio, TV, and podcasts, yeah. and these ladies were among the, the, the organized chaos. Right. Uh, let, let's get names. 
I'm Erin Wallace. I'm the owner of Old Eagle Tavern Devil's Den, and I'm the co-chapter leader for Pink Boots. And I'm Hannah Goaty. I am a brewer, um, amongst many other things, for Free Will Brewing Company. You don't have a brewer's beard. <laughs> Thank God or for will, that. Or will Capper? <laughs> Thank God for that. No, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I do wear flannel from time to time, but you know, the one, the one thing that I always, always, always have on is lipstick. Hashtag lipstick brewer. That's my thing. Oh, yeah. Cool. No matter okay. what, I brew, I brew and do all my work with lipstick on. It's that's usually awesome. some obnoxious shade. Awesome. 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 So, Aaron, we're in actually a cooler. We're in a walk-in because it's, it's there's a, a, it's a big-ass awesome. walk-in, though. I mean, it's yeah, not yeah. just a way. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's yeah. a big party out, out back. And what's it all about? So, this is our first Bold Women and Beer Festival. It is um, 100% volunteer run, and it's 100% of the profits are going to the Pink Food Society for our scholarship fund. So we'll be able to uh, supply some scholarships from some local members in brewing and business. We have 33 breweries participating today. Uh, we have four live bands. We have nine special collaborative beers that you'll probably only see at Pink Boot that are brewed with the Philadelphia chapter of Pink Boots. You're only going to see that at the brewery or Pink Boots events. Just getting back on the Pink Boots, I, I, you have uh, some past recipients of the scholarships that have their own businesses now and out there for beer. Yes, uh, Carly from Tannery Run. Her brewery is open, and once she opened up, they did a Pink Boots collaboration with the Pink Boots Hop Lens. So we had their premier pink uh, session IPA on draft out there. Yeah, we've, we've got some scholarship winners out there. The reason we're sitting in this chamber amongst the kegs and 45 degrees is because it's so darn loud outside yeah we couldn't hear yeah we can't yeah. we, we, we couldn't have this conversation outside yeah. so you're a brewer and I am. you saw and you say your hashtag lipstick lipstick brewer, brewer. yeah lipstick brewer. I, um I, do you still get flack i mean the, we, we talked about this before with aaron how like the industry has come a long way and and but it, there is still some it has come a long way bit, like you were saying you know, you, you, you'll be at one of your bars, and 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 someone goes, "Hey, uh, this is an IPA, little lady," and, yeah, and like, "Well, actually," <laughs> I mean, and she gets it a lot. Even sometimes when people are asking her to, des- like, they don't believe her descriptions of beers, and they're the beers that she brew, and they're her recipes. And well, that's, still- that's my question. Are you? Are yeah. you are, like, you still have to defend yourself. Absolutely, but I think one of the the biggest things is um, educating people and um, showing a positive way to to be in this industry instead of chastising someone for maybe not understanding that women can be brewers because that just creates a, a negative uh, reception um, from other people but I think really just empowering everyone around you and educating the general public um, you know it's by continuing to put out good beer it's hard to argue with that right so <laughs> if the products Bubbles yet. Bold Bubbles is Free Will's Pink Boots collaboration beer. Recipe, her label design, like it's it's all Hannah. It is a brute IPA. It is super dry. Uh, it has a really nice um, floral and fruit note from the hops, which was the Pink Boots hop blend, and then it had dragon fruit powder as well. So it pours this really pretty pink color. Okay. Yeah, it's nice Real enough for drink pink. You know. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. There's a yeah. rumor. It's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> what's your approach to brewing? Yeah. What's my what's my approach to brewing? Um, my approach to brewing first and foremost is to brew the 
best damn beer possible. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's start beer? with that. If I had to pick a favorite style, I would say probably a Saison or Sour. Uh, we have a pretty extensive sour program. Nice. Um, and that's that's definitely one of my, my passions. Really? But I really started to enjoy developing recipes. Um, so actually all three of the beers that Freewell is pouring right now um, are recipes that I've written. The traveling beer garden known as Parks on Tap returns to Philadelphia for a fourth season. Yep, it goes to more than 20 parks, one each week. It started April 24th and runs through September. A portion of sales of beverages and food go to the Philadelphia Park System. The bros went to the kickoff in the Azalea Garden behind the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Very pretty back there, John. Yeah, yeah. Mainstay Brewing made a beer exclusively for Parks on Tap. It's called Parks Ale Ale. And Brian O'Reilly is Mainstay's brewmaster. Your beer. Talk about your beer. What do we got here? We've got Parks Pale Ale. And uh, previous years, uh, St. Benjamin had brewed a beer for Parks on Tap. And uh, we were elected to do it this year. And we kind of stuck with uh, the general theme that they were doing a fresh pale ale. So dry hopped and unfiltered. And I think it works well. It's the kind of beer that doesn't travel that well. So to put it in cans and ship it a few states away is can be really tough. So it seems really fitting for this. So we've got a Citra Mosaic. Uh, Cascade and Centennial hops, and What's a lot the ABV of. On this? I think it's 5.4. drinking? So it's, 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 it's you know ses- sessionable, yeah. and it's got enough bitterness that you want another sip, but not so much that it's you know shutting down the back of your throat or sticking to your molars. It goes well with the. We had an eggplant sandwich. It was it. It goes very well. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. We so we just kegged this beer this morning. <laughs> we were very a little fresh. bit late, but in very time, hard. just barely in time. So uh, I haven't really drank it with with food yet so i'm looking forward to that well i make make a suggestion for the next time you do this so uh i I dropped an onion from my sandwich into my glass and it's freaking delicious you might want to go with the onion next time maybe we could uh maybe we could do something with uh you know uh taking some onions and maybe cook you know soaking them and then cook them on the grill or something beautiful you um you guys are kind of relatively new right we're new yeah Yep. What, what's you're, you're off to a good start. What, what, what's what's the secret to your success? Yeah, I mean, I guess experience helps. Uh, I've been making beer for over 20 years. Uh, certainly, a, a little bit of a challenge coming into such a big brewery and kind of resurrecting it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, having a lot of outlets like Parks on Tap is great, so we can make a lot of fresh beer and get it to be drunk quickly. Um, and and uh, I guess a nod to tradition too. There's a not all the styles, but a lot of the styles that we brew are very traditional styles, and kind of understanding them and respecting them help, goes a long way as far as formulating the beers. Brian, you, were you with Sly Fox? I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There you, go. you were the head brewer up there. I was the brewmaster for Sly Fox for uh, like 18 years. Yep. Wow. Yep. So this is a whole new challenge for you. It new. is. It is. And you were out there in the suburbs, Phoenixville, and now you're yeah. in, right in town. Yep. Yeah, so the beer travels not as far anymore. <laughs> it's fresher. Fresher. Yeah. Are you happy with the way it's going at, at this point? It's I, going great. I mean, this is a big, this is the beginning of our busiest season, so I'm kind of a uh, little anxious about it, but super excited. And uh, no, it's 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 going great. Are you are you a purist? Like, what are you, do you throw, like, wedding cakes in your beer? What, 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 what is your style? What is your, what, what is your approach to creating beers? I don't think I'm a purist. However, with what people are doing nowadays, um, maybe I am. Uh, 
the kitchen sink brewing method doesn't seem to work well for anyone that I know. Um, it, it is a, a good it is a good novelty. People it gets people's attention for a moment, but uh, I always I, I hate to waste ingredients or energy or do things that are kind of foolish. Uh, I really respect beer and all the brewers that came before me, and I think throwing a wedding cake in a beer is probably not you know. The good, but people are doing or whatever. People are doing crazy things. <laughs> yeah, people are doing crazy yeah. things now. But I yeah. think there's so much you can do with the four traditional ingredients to beer: water, malt, hops, and yeast. That I'm still, you know, not done exploring that. And uh, it doesn't mean that we wouldn't use spices or some other things to go a long way. But I'm really excited about uh, beer that tastes like beer. It's really rare, Paul. I think to actually have have brewer the guy that made this beer that we're tasting and actually enjoy it with the creator of this beer what do you like about your beer well this beer i really like the fresh hop character um Uh some of the hops that are in here mosaic and citra are very fruit forward uh juice forward fruit forward uh stone fruit uh orange zest Uh, we've also got centennial and cascade they're a little bit piney and it's a all all the hops are added at the very end of the boil and in the dry hopping so it's got enough bitterness that you want another sip, but it's not it's not sharp on your tongue. Right. Your participation in Parks on Tap, I guess it's it's it, you're going to be in the spotlight. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, really, the parks are in the spotlight. Um, I, I mean, look, you've got to have good quality beer. It just it, it good times go with good beer. But I mean, this look at this park. It's beautiful. For more information, go to parksontap.com. Well, that does it. We'll have another round of Beer and Booze Bros real soon. You can find us and subscribe to the Beer and Booze Bros on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at The Beer Bros. You can find me, Paul Kurtz, on Twitter, backwards, at Kurtz Paul. Tom McDevitt, that's me, at JM1060. And Tom Rickert, our producer wizard, is always lurking. Kind of creepy, actually. Like... 21st century millennial meme culture. Thomas on Twitter <laughs> at T Rick. And he might not ever show up and has no idea what's going on either. Cheers, Paul. Cheers, Johnny.